Okay, guys, today we're going to get into building sleep routines for our kids because everyone knows that when your kids sleep, you get to sleep and also maybe have free time and also maybe have quiet time. So (laughs) it's so important. Hello, beautiful mama, and welcome to the Nourishing Mama podcast. St. Catherine of Siena said, Be who you were meant to be, and you will set the world on fire. Mamas, our job is one of the most important jobs on earth, and also one of the hardest. We don't all start out as the moms we wanted to be, but what if we took this challenge as seriously as the world tells us to take our careers? What if we laid out a plan of preparation so we could show up ready to fight the good fight and become who we were meant to be, the very heart of our homes? If you want to take motherhood to the next level to prepare your mind, body, and soul for the enormous task at hand, you are in the right place. I'm your host, Kelsey, and I want to teach you to nourish yourself so that you can nourish your family. Let's dive in. Hey there, Mama. I wanted to catch you before the show starts today and let you know I'm running monthly burnout reversal sessions. And if you want to catch the next one, hop on down to the show notes, check out the link and sign up. You can either come to the live one, it's online, or you can catch the replay and learn to be the kind of mom who can keep burnout at bay in your life. Moms, we don't need to be burned out all the time. There's so many things we can do to be proactive and to set up a routine that lets us show up like the peaceful, energetic, joyful moms we always wanted to be. I'm so excited to see you at the next one. Is there anything more aggravating than when kids won't go to sleep at bedtime? I mean, it's the end of the day. You are tired. You're ready to get the last of the chores done. Maybe have a little bit of wind down time for yourself. Maybe a little bit of marriage time with your spouse. And suddenly there's a kid again. Or they're still awake and playing and you're just not hitting your uh, to-do list. And it just gets so frustrating especially as an introvert. I absolutely love my kids, but there are times where I'm just ready for them to not be talking to me anymore. So a couple a couple strategies we're going to start with. Um, first, when you're building a bedtime routine, you want to think of it as a time of connection and also a wind down time for your kids. They're going from a fun or stressful day that's been high energy and they need to slow their bodies down. They need to Uh, get ready physically and mentally and emotionally for sleep because they also want to have connection with you, especially if they didn't get it all day. Like if your kid has been in school or you've been, you know, preoccupied with other things all day, this is a really important time to them for that emotional reassurance. And sometimes just to you know, uh, process whatever's gone on during the day. If they didn't get another chance to do that, they often turn to their parents for a little bit of co-regulation to help them work through everything. So sometimes we see our kids are actually extra wired around bedtime. And this might be why this might be them asking you for some help to co-regulate. And I like to, when I'm building a bedtime routine with my kids, I like to think of it as a process moving from active to slow high energy to low energy activities. So usually we start with the things that are a little more physically involved. You know, we, we start with our pajamas and brushing our teeth and anything that's going to require us to be moving around 
out of the bedroom and keeping our heart beating like there's activity. You don't want to interrupt the wind down later on. Like if you're all cozy in bed, reading a book, and then suddenly you're like, okay, now it's time to brush your teeth. You're actually going to set your process back a step. So think what involves movement and what involves really settling in for the night and work your schedule that way. Um, Baths, for some kids, baths are really calming. For other kids, they're actually really stimulating. So some kids, a bath might not be a good part of a bedtime routine. It might be a better morning routine. You just have to kind of get to know your kid and figure out, is this one actually winding my kid up or winding them down? The other thing, before you really start to settle in for the night, you need to set your expectations. What are the things they are going to need? Because it's a really good idea to say, once we're actually in bed, we stay in bed. So make sure you've checked off the list, all the things that could get them out of bed later. Like, do they have a cup of water already there? Have they gone to the bathroom? And as much as possible, you want to make sure all of that activity is already done before you actually get cozy with a book. Next, you want to make sure that you're consistent because consistency really helps you to hold the boundaries. If you sometimes let them you know, come out of bed after bedtime to come downstairs for a little more time with you and other times don't. It sends a lot of mixed messages. You want to be firm with your limit, with your boundary of how available you are to your kids after bedtime. And then you need to decide, you know, what is going to be your boundary for them once they're in bed? Are you going to allow them to have their own time there? Because a couple things that we can't do, we can set up the environment for our kids to be conducive to sleep. We can say the when and the where, like where do they have to be? When do they have to be there? But what we can't do is we can't make them fall asleep. That's actually a skill they have to learn on their own. And when, as they get older, we give them more and more independence in having control over that because we try to, in a way, wean them off of needing our help to wind down. So like an older kid, like a teenager, um, would probably have a much less intense bedtime routine than a baby does. A baby needs a lot of help with soothing and reassurance and knowing that you're close by. But even like a five-year-old is going to need something in between that. They still want that time of connection. They still need help noticing how active their body is and you know decreasing their energy level bit by bit. So Don't have the expectation that you can actually enforce when your kid falls asleep. What you can do is you can say you have to be in your bed. The light goes off at a certain time, which for some kids, you might have to set that rule. For others, they might actually be able to manage that themselves. Personally, I let my older kids look at books in bed. The rule is they have to have low lighting and they can't leave their bed and they can't be making noise or playing, but they may certainly look at books. So that's true for my nine-year-old my seven-year-old and my five-year-old. And they tend to look at books for about 15 minutes or so and then turn out their light and go to sleep. That works really well for us. It just seems to be the right combination of freedom and limits. And if I find that they've you know, still got the light on after about 20, 30 minutes, I ask them to turn it off and try to sleep. And usually they're out. But it's really important for kids to learn to recognize their own sleep needs and self-soothe. So giving them that opportunity, giving them a little bit of time to do that, sets them up for building that skill set and also cuts out a lot of battles that you might otherwise have. Because we find we have more battles when we're actually trying to do something that is not within our ability to do. Again, you can't make your kid fall asleep.
So if you're trying to do that, you're just setting yourself up for failure. You might notice this sort of thing happens too with things like potty training and eating. You can't make your kid eat. You can't make your kid go to the potty and you can't make your kid sleep. What you can do is you can set up the environment and the boundaries around that. So let's look at this practically. What does that look like? An ideal bedtime routine generally has the first things are going to be all the actions, the pajamas, the brushing teeth, the getting the cup of water, the going to the bathroom. If there's a bath, throw in a bath there, obviously before pajamas. The second stage is going to be the wind down connection time. So this might look like story, song, prayer. One of the things my kids like is they like when I put on music at the end of that. So we say our prayer and then I put on the CD player and I leave. And after that, it's low light time. And it's up to you if you're going to allow any kind of low light, calm activity or not. That's going to be dependent on what your kid is ready for and what kind of a rule you want to set around that. But what do you do if your kid gets out of bed and comes downstairs? I personally think the best thing to do around this is to create as little drama as possible. Just very firmly repeat your limit. It's after bedtime. You need to be in your bed and leave it at that. Sometimes I will repeat the same thing, escort my kid back upstairs, and that's that. The less drama you make around it, the more they realize they're actually not going to get the connection they're seeking from coming downstairs, from coming to you, because that's usually what it's about. They usually want more connection. And if you notice this is a pattern and it's happening all the time, it's really good to look at your day and say, is my kid getting enough connection before bedtime? Because if they're not, they're going to come seeking it out. And it might be a legitimate need. Can you work in more connection during the day? I hope that's been helpful today. To reiterate, focus on building a routine that moves from high energy to low energy set clear expectations, be consistent, and know your own boundaries.